what I make a decision on doing. And today, uh, you know, I'm just focusing on my gift. That's all the Lord asked me to do is focus on my gift. Because that gift, uh, we read here, Proverbs chapter 18, verse 16. It says, a man's or a woman's gift maketh room for him or her and brings him or her before great men or women. That's it. All right? How can we explain that today? And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking about that thing. And, you know, Joseph comes to my mind. There's so many different people. I, I didn't want to say Rahab, but somebody could say her gift didn't make room for her. <laughs> All right? That wasn't a gift. There's a difference between a gift and a decision. All right? Now, that's the opposite side of the coin, but God delivered Rahab out of that, okay? You don't want to go down that road, because sometimes we have great ideas for, for business. We have great ideas for our family. We just have great ideas, and sometimes it could be the lottery. <laughs> There's people out here that turn to selling drugs because it's fast money. There's some people that turn to um, going to casinos. I met a gentleman that made a lot of money from, uh, he's a professional gambler. That's what he does. I mean, he's a professional at it. And, uh, and they treat it like sports. But we know our God says, don't trust in uncertain riches. But I like to listen to these brothers and they talk about it. And, they, and I'm talking about they're turning money over very quickly. It's almost enough to make you want to go down there and think you can gamble. <laughs> when the Lord is like, that, that, that ain't, that's not what I'm, we ain't about that. God literally wants to bless you and me his way. There's a way that he does things. Now, the enemy has a lot of ways for you to make money. You got the oldest profession in the book like Rahab, which don't choose that way. It's not good for a woman to choose that way. It's not good for a man to choose that way. Because you don't understand, man and woman became a living soul. And you can't continue to allow your soul to be used by this world. That's not what God designed for it to be. Your soul, he created you as a soul so he could place himself in you. The Holy Spirit comes and think about a thousand demons inside of Legion. And think about how much God can fill you with his spirit. And God can use you in the gift that he has placed in you. So some of the decisions that we make um, uh, will destroy our lives. If you're gambling and you're always trusting in the numbers and the odds, and some people are trusting in the horoscope and they're trusting in wickedness, they're trusting in witchcraft, they're trusting in the occult, you're trusting in things that, man, it's just you're just taking a chance with your life and it's very addicting, it's very exciting, and it drives you places that you don't need to go. We have to turn from that and trusting in the Lord is something that is very, very difficult because we live in a world with flashing lights and all these different things and you see these different people and it's very attractive. But you are unique, you are gifted, and you are wonderfully made and you're not to be exploited. You hear me? You're not to be exploited. That's not what God created you for. Even on the level that we live on, God did not create men and women to be exploited and people will exploit you and use you and discard you when you have no more <laughs> you got no more worth for them you hear me so the gift that God has placed in you will never be sent 
there are some people that are gifted in pickpocketing. They got the ability to take something out of your pocket without you even knowing it. Their, their sleight of hand is so good. But God has not created you for that. God has created you to be a blessing. When we go over to, I think it's uh, Genesis chapter 37. And maybe I'll go back a little farther. I want to look at the life of Joseph real quick. And look at this gift. Because Joseph is somebody you and I are very familiar with. I preach on uh, Joseph a couple of times. And we just want to look at his gift. Joseph's gift made room for him. What is his gift? The Holy Spirit, when he comes into your life and my life, that's what it is to be born again. Okay? To be born again, um, uh, you're born not flesh and blood, nor by the will of man, but it's the Spirit of God placing his Spirit in our life. God puts his Spirit in each and every one of our lives. And then all of a sudden now we have the understanding of his commandments and his precepts and statutes. And also we have an understanding that, wait a minute, I have a purpose for my life. Joseph comes to be a young man. And it says here in uh, Genesis chapter 37, verse five, something happens in Joseph's life and something's going to happen in my life and something's going to happen in your life that we can't shut off. It's something that God has placed in you and I. The rose can't help but bloom. It may, you know, be closed at times, but it's so beautiful when it just blooms. And there comes a time in our life, especially as believers, it may seem like everything is closed up. But God wants you and I to bloom. And when we bloom, it's so beautiful. It's so pretty. And it's meant to enlighten somebody else's life. That rose, when it blooms, it's not just the, it's, it's not there to enlighten its own life. When women, you go by and see a beautiful rose that's bloomed, and that rose bush looks so pretty, doesn't it? It's got some thorns on there. Sometimes if you cut, you got to take those thorns off. And that's why you think people don't have sin. No, they got sin. They got some thorns in their life. But I tell you right now, when that gift is working in their life and that beautiful rose blooms, Man, and they got what, white roses, red roses. They're doing all types of things with roses, but they come in different colors today. But beautiful, beautiful. Joseph begins to bloom in verse 5. It says here, and Joseph dreamed a dream, and he told his brothers, and they hated him yet the more. That dream that Joseph, something just woke up in him. And he said, I can at least share it with my family. Sometimes you can't share everything with your family. You know that? But nevertheless, share it with your family so somebody can keep record of it. <laughs> Verse 6, and he said to them, here, I, have, I pray you this dream which I have dreamed. He's dreaming dreams. Something awakened in Joseph and all of a sudden his brothers, remember they called him a dreamer. Here comes that dreamer. Here comes that chef, Chef Carolyn. She thinks she a chef. Here comes, here comes handyman Thomas. Here comes Jay Vaughn, the flute player. He think he, he think he is a sax player. 
They always call you by your gift because they, they don't believe the gift. But Joseph said, look, man, behold, we were binding sheaves in the field. And lo, my sheaf arose and also stood upright and made uh, ambience to my sheaf. And his brother said, show uh, you indeed reign over us. He's talking about his gift. And he said, hey, man, listen, he, Joseph doesn't want to rule over his brothers. That's that's not what's going on. But where the, the gift is taking him. Where your gift is going to take you to is going to cause your brothers and sisters to bow down to you. Joseph doesn't want to reign over anybody. Jesus told his disciples, remember, they said, hey, who's going to sit on your left hand and your right hand? He said, first of all, that's not for me to give. But don't be like the rest of the people in the world wanting to be chief. Remember, we have so many chiefs, but no Indians. Be an Indian. Love your brothers and sisters. When God is blessing you, be a blessing to other people. Joseph didn't want to rule over his brothers, but they assumed in their mind, you think you're going to rule over us? You think you're going to be over us and have dominion over us? And they hated him yet the more for his dreams and for his words. His dream came to life. And sometimes life wants to shut you up. Because the enemy knows that you are uh, beautifully and wonderfully made like a rose and you are going to bloom one day. You hear me? Mm -hmm. Yes, you will. Don't look at when a lot of times we look at the previous years of our life. It doesn't matter how old you are. And you look at the situation that you find yourself in and you can never see yourself blooming. But I'm here to tell you that if you just pray. And talk to the Lord about your gift. I believe that your gift is already demonstrating itself long before God puts you in a position for it to be used. And he dreamed, verse 9, yet another dream and told it to his brothers and said, behold, I have dreamed a dream more. And the sun and the moon and the stars made uh, ambience to me. And he told it to his father. And his brethren and his father rebuked him and said unto him, what's this dream that you have dreamed? Shall I and your mother and your brother indeed come to bow down ourselves to the earth? Well, you must be on that dope. That ain't even God's. That ain't even how God works. But they didn't understand where God is taking Joseph. Where God is taking Joseph they're going to end up bowing down to him. And listen, Joseph does not want his father or his mother or his brothers to bow down to him. That's not Joseph's heart. Sometimes people can't see your heart. They can't see what motivates you. What motivates you is different from people in the world because when we have been created by God, when God fills us with his spirit, a change happens to our heart. We're no longer trying to be that woman or that man, that dude on the block. That's not what motivates us. There's another scripture where it says a good man or a good woman leaves an inheritance. What? To his children's children. There's a testimony about Joseph. It says that there was a Pharaoh that rose up that did not know Joseph. But all the other Pharaohs that came along 
after Joseph, and then knew Joseph said, hey man, that family over there, that's the family of Joseph. And I remember what Joseph did, but there, somebody else came along that didn't remember all the things that God had did with you. And they get afraid of your family. They get afraid of the wealth. They get afraid of the blessings on your family and they want to shut it down. But Joseph, what he did, listen, not only for his family, but for the whole community, whether people liked him or not, God used his gift to be a blessing. Verse 11 says, and his brothers envied him, but his father observed the saying, how dare Jacob, the, the dreamer, Remember, Jacob said, I had a dream and there was a ladder mm -hmm. and it went from the throne all the way down to the earth. And I saw angels ascending and descending. How dare you? But Jacob, listen, at the beginning, when somebody tells you about their dream or somebody starts to talk with you about their gift, the, sometimes, the, you know, what they're saying seems offensive. But after a minute or two, you got to sit back and say, Father, first of all, forgive me because... Uh, you showed me some things too. God showed Jacob some things that came to pass in his life. Uh, so let's turn over to uh, Genesis 37. Uh, verse 23, if you have to turn. Some of us don't have to turn. Their Bibles are a little different. And we know about Joseph. We know what happens with his brothers. His brothers, listen, Joseph is not doing anything wrong. That's the key point that you have to understand is that you're not doing anything wrong in your life, sharing what God is doing in your life, sharing what God is revealing. Sometimes you're not doing anything. I think Joseph's life, God used Joseph's life as a beautiful messianic picture of what uh, Yeshua was going to go through. And verse 30, 23 says, and it came to pass when Joseph was coming to his brethren, they stripped Joseph out of his coat of colors and they took him and cast him into a pit. And the pit was empty, no water in it. And they sat down to eat bread and lifted up their eyes and looked. And behold, a company of Ishmaelites came from Galilee with their camels. Uh, they were heading down to Egypt. And Judah said unto his brothers, Hey, it doesn't profit us to kill our brother. Let us sell him to the Ishmaelites and let not our hand be upon him. And uh, verse 20 says, Then there passed by Midianites merchantmen, and they drew and lifted Joseph up out of the pit. And sold Joseph to the Ishmaelites for 20 pieces of silver. And they brought Joseph into Egypt. And I tell you, sometimes it seems like your dream is dead, don't it? What his father pondered in the previous verses about bowing down to his son is now over in his father's eyes. Because they're going to sit here and tell a lie. And Joseph will be dead to Jacob or what we call Israel. And you find yourself in your life. Sometimes we find ourselves when God comes into our life that things are not going the way that we think they're supposed to go. You find yourself on dope. Find yourself in bad relationships. Find your way not being able to go to college like you want to. You find everything just seems in your life that is not working out. You're at a job that you don't want to be at. You know you're greater than that. You're greater than what's going on, but here you are working at this job. Find yourself unemployed. Find yourself trying to figure out where did you go wrong? <laughs> where did I mess up at? 
find yourself getting depressed. You can find yourself in many states. I know Joseph thought about everything uh, that was happening in his life. And he said, Lord, this, this ain't working out for me. Joseph continued to not have dreams. His dreams got him to a place where he's at a foreign country in slavery. And sometimes you want to turn off your dreams. You want to stop. Because remember, when the spirit of God comes into your life and he changes you, you can't turn him off. You can't turn off what the father, he who has begun a good work in you, you can't shut that off. I believe the father started a good work in Joseph. Joseph, when he comes to Potiphar's house in chapter 39 and he finds himself in Potiphar's house, Joseph probably believed that his way out was to be, you know what? I can't get myself out of this situation. I got to work. I got to do what I got to do. I can't change it. If the Lord placed me here, I can't change it. So sometimes you think, you know what? If I just do what I'm supposed to do, keep my mouth shut and work that at least I'm alive. That's what he did. He got to Potiphar's house and (laughs) he was a good worker. On the job, nobody was more faithful than Joseph. Showed up on time, did what was asked to do. Listen, and if you be faithful over a few things, God will make you what? Rule over many. God elevated Joseph. Everything Joseph did, Joseph did it with excellence he did it as unto the Lord. He said, if this is going to be my life, this is my life. And, and maybe, maybe I can buy my freedom by being faithful. But being faithful, listen to this. Being faithful to God, being faithful to people is a good thing. But your gift is what's going to make room for you. It doesn't talk about when he was at part of herself that he even had any more dreams. Maybe he just would dream a dream. He'd say, man, I'm not even talking about you. The last time I talked about the vision and the dream that God had for my life, man, shoot, man, I ain't seen my father's face no more. And sometimes you can despise the gift that God has put in you. It's not a singing career. It's not a movie career. It's nothing flashy. It's just Dorca. Remember Dorca? They brought it to Peter because, uh, well, they went to seek Peter because Dorca had passed away. She didn't have no glamorous life like Sheila E. She would just make, you know, little blankets and stuff for people. Her gift was with her hands. She could make things. And when she made those things, she gave them to the brothers and sisters because sometimes at night it gets real cold. Now, nobody really remembers Dorka until it gets cold. And then they say, hey, go get that blanket that Dorka made. Yeah. And you'd be nice and warm. I got one of those, uh, you know, the blankets that you get from the Hispanic store. Mm-hmm. It's got Mother Mary on there. Mm-hmm. I have to tell the Lord, forgive me for having Mother Mary uh, laid out in here. But this blanket made, though, it keep you warm at night. You ever get one of them blankets? Yeah. That's real talk right there. You may not like the inscription on it. You know, I try to draw over it, mm-hmm. <laughs> try to make her look like Beyonce or something. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So people don't think I'm worshiping Mary or nothing like that. I try to make her look like something different, you know? But them little things be right, and they are good in the wintertime. So they brought him to uh, Potiphar's house, and listen, he was very faithful. But that wasn't his breakthrough. 
And a lot of times you're going to get on a job where you are a supervisor and, and you're blessed and you're making money and everything is going good. <laughs> but listen, that's not what God has for you. Because Proverbs 18 and 16 says the gift that God has put in each and every one of us will make what? Room for us. But the last part says that it will bring us before great men or women. That's what the book says. Has what we've been doing brought us before great people? I'm telling you today, you've got to pray about this gift that God has placed in you. All right? Real simple. Sometimes we say, well, what am I born to do? And we need to pray about that. Lord, what did you create me for? You surely ain't create me to be beat on by nobody. You ain't create me to sit here and do. You ain't create me for that. There's nothing wrong with working, y'all. But as believers, the Holy Spirit brings what? Gifts. Brings us some things. He establishes some things in our life. Chapter 40. So Joseph, we know Potiphar's wife accuses him of some things, and he ends up in jail, all right? And uh, in verse 4 of chapter 40, and the captain of the guard charged Joseph with them, the, the baker and the butler, and he served them, and they continued a season inward. And they dreamed a dream, both of them, each man his dream in one night, each man according to the interpretation of his dream, the butler and the baker, uh, of the king of Egypt, which were bound in prison. And Joseph came in unto them in the morning and looked upon them, and behold, they were sad. Verse 8 says, And he said to them, uh, They said unto him, We have dreamed a dream, and there's no interpreter of it. And Joseph said unto them, Do not interpretations belong to God? Tell me, I pray you. Now, Joe, something happened in Joseph that changed. Because Joseph didn't talk about dreams when he was at Potiphar's house. But now Joseph is thrust into prison and God has once again given him favor in prison. And now Joseph is overseeing other, other men in the prison. But after a couple of years, something has changed in Joseph. Joseph is back talking about dreams. Something happened when he was at Potiphar's house because I believe that he would pray over and over again, just like you and I. You got an idea in your heart for a business. You got an idea in your heart for something in the world. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. That's between you and the Lord. But I believe that sometimes you and I forget that. We discard it and we throw it away. And next thing you know, we go through life. We go through all of life's trials and situations to a place to where maybe, just like Kirk Franklin was talking about, we want to go back to our first love. We want to go back to, to, to the moment we first saw him. I was talking about that this morning. To see his glory was always the beginning when I know in my heart that he spoke to me. Because sometimes we get lost on this journey. We go through some things, man, and it just, it just really makes us sour. But Joseph is here again. And he begins to tell you and I what happened in him. He says, doesn't dreams belong to God? That's what he's telling the butler and, 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 and the other gentleman, he says, dreams, that's God's job. God is the one that causes dreams. And you can have a dream and, okay, you, you ate, what do they say? You ate crabs or you ate fish or you ate something that caused you to have this crazy dream. You know how old folks are. Yeah. But if you start having the same dream 
Joseph says, God is trying to establish something inside of you. He's trying to get you to understand something. When you start having this dream, the interpretation of the dream comes from God. You ain't got to run to Chloe the psychic. You ain't got to run to the pastor. You ain't got to run to nobody. Listen, (laughs) ask of God. Ask God about your dream. Ask God, why do I feel compelled to do this thing? It doesn't make sense. It's not going to make me famous. It's not going to make me wealthy. Why am I compelled to do this thing? Listen, interpreting dreams was not going to make Joseph wealthy. Interpreting dreams just made life worse for Joseph. But something happened in Joseph where he begins to share with somebody what God taught him about dreams. So they tell Joseph this thing about their dreams and Joseph answers their dreams. One man is happy and one man is sad. Amen. Amen. And listen, Joseph tells the brothers, he says, hey man, when it gets to a place where it's well with you, Tell somebody about me. 12 years a slave. Remember the man finally shows up. He says, hey, man, I'm going to write you a letter. He takes a chance. Mm -hmm. And he gives this man the letter. And he don't know whether the man is going to turn him in or not. But finally, that somebody shows up and redeems that man out of the slavery that he's in. And years will go by in your life. And you think that things are not going to work out the way that God planned them to. It says here in verse in chapter 41, it came to pass at the end of two full years. You know how years go by. Years go by real fast now. We're in July. Look, we just felt like we had Passover not too long ago. Next thing you know, we're in July now. We done passed the Feast of Weeks. We're heading for the Feast of Tabernacles. Next thing you know, the world will be celebrating Halloween. The world will be celebrating Christmas. And we know, man, 2023 is coming if the Lord allows us to live that long. But years go by. And then all of a sudden... Your dream is about to make room for you, whether you want it to or not. Things are going to happen in our life when we are serving the Lord, whether we want to or not. Because when God gives you that dream or plants that gift in you, that gift must make room. It's a blessing for the whole uh, community of believers. Stop thinking the way the world thinks. The world is very selfish. It's covetous. It's, listen, we talked about a couple of weeks ago, you can't serve God and mammon or wealth. The world deals in that way. The world um, is just like Laban, always changing uh, Jacob's wages. Always slick. Always taking more from you. Every time you turn around, it's, you know, you got to pay more. Right now, we got a war going on, so gas prices go up. It's on the other side of the world, but how does it affect us? But everybody finds an opportunity. When COVID hit, remember, people were trying to take opportunities of folks dying. Hey, people are dying. What kind of opportunity can I make from this? Listen, everybody wasn't trying to get people better. People were trying to figure out how they can make money in this crisis. And I tell you right now, if I, I should have bought a lot of rolls of paper because I've been out there selling on the corner. Yeah, they'd have been selling dime bags and I'd have been selling rolls of paper towels and I'd have came up, y'all would have been angry like, why is he out there selling that's $4 or maybe it's a nick I got five on it 
Paper towels. <laughs> all right? Y'all would have been mad like Mark wrong for that. But look, I, I just was, somebody made money off paper towels and nobody knows why we were buying paper towels. <laughs> if you locked up in the house, you definitely don't need paper towels. As long as you got soap and a washcloth, you can make your way through. We got other things to worry about besides paper towels. But somebody was fooled into buying paper towels, all right? But anyway, no matter what you think, no matter what's going to happen in your life, God brings each and every one of us full circle again, back to the place where he began, and he's going to start talking to us about our dreams. He, he teaches us through all of our mishaps and mistakes and all the stuff that we go through. Because he has to get to a place to be able to talk to us. He can't talk to us sometimes at the beginning because we're so full of the world. We're so full of the world and all the nonsense the world has talked to us. This is what being successful is like. We're not a, it's not about being successful. It's about being a laborer for God. Our mindset is different. Like Jesus would tell the disciples, hey, those people out there in the world, they want to take advantage of one another and rule over one another. I haven't brought you here to rule over people. I have brought you here to teach, to be a blessing, to heal, to deliver you're a servant to these people, which means that you're not going to have a life. You hear me? You're not going to have a life no more. Your life is going to be used by God to be a blessing to other people. And listen, and if you don't, if your heart ain't ready for that, God ain't going to, listen, your season ain't going to come up until you're ready to be a blessing to other people. When you're ready, listen, you have to give everything you have. You got to give it all out. Jesus said, I didn't come to be served. I came to serve everybody else. I came to be a blessing to the whole world. Even though the world couldn't stand him. He be, listen, even though the world won't stand you. Because if your gift starts working, <laughs> Martin Luther King was a great, great speaker. Anointed by God, I believe. And sometimes when you and I go back and just listen to these messages, they are very, very powerful messages and they motivate people regardless of what color you are. Because you can't fight hate with hate. And listen, this man walked it out. He walked it out. The people that listened to his message, like I was telling the white woman, brings tears to my eyes, left her family because she heard the message. And she left everything to try to push a movement forward because she believed that by one blood, God made all the nations on planet Earth. Everybody's not buying into the nonsense this world is preaching. A lot of people are listening to God and God is moving through these people's lives. And that woman that left her family is not as famous as Dr. Martin Luther King, but they both were shot with a gun. Do you hear what I'm saying? He was shot and she was shot. So Jesus says, if you allow me to use you, the same Holy Spirit that is working in our Savior's life is working in your life and in my life. The outcome of our life might just be like the outcome of our Savior. We both may be killed by a cross. Martin Luther King and that woman were both killed with a bullet. They both were doing the work of the Lord when they were shot. It's not, it's, not, it's not a glamorous road. We see right here that the butler and the baker, their life is on the line. When Joseph 
is going before this king, working his gift. You know what's on the line? His life on the line. His life is on the line. You sure that you know the Lord? <laughs> because when you come before this king with all your little stuff, <laughs> okay, you may not come out of there alive because he just killed the one man, all right? So when it's Joseph's turn, in verse 16 of chapter 41, Joseph answered Pharaoh saying, it is not in me. When it comes to dreams, it ain't in me. Be honest with you, Pharaoh. It ain't got nothing to do with me. God shall give Pharaoh an answer of peace. It's God's job. Stop running up in people's faces about your dream. Pray about it. Talk to the Lord about it. He's alive. It's not a one-way conversation when you talk to him. It's a two-way conversation. Jacob revealed it to his son. I saw a ladder and angels were going up and down. They'll take your question. They'll take your statement and they're going to bring back an answer. You hear what I'm saying? Pharaoh, this thing ain't got nothing to do with me. This is God's thing. And Pharaoh said unto Joseph, in my dream, behold, I stood upon the bank of a river. Behold, there came up out of the river seven kind, fat flesh and well favored, and they fed the metal. And behold, seven other kind came up after them, poor and very ill, and favored and lean flesh, such as I've never saw in all the land of Egypt for badness. And also, verse 22, in my dream, seven ears came up in one stalk, full and good. Behold, seven ears withered thin and blasted with the east wind sprung up after them. And uh, verse 24, the thin ears devoured the seven good ears. And, and I told this unto the magicians, but there was none of them that could declare it to me. And Joseph said unto Pharaoh, the dream of Pharaoh is one. God has showed Pharaoh what he is about to do. Listen, the key here is that Joseph never took credit for anything. God taught him through the years that he is the one that gives dreams, and he is the one that interprets you. He's the one that knows the future. He is the Aleph and the Tau. He is the beginning and the end. He is ancient of days. He is our heavenly father, the most high God, who rules in the kingdom of men. All right? Verse 28. This is the thing which I have spoken unto Pharaoh. What God is about to do, he shows unto Pharaoh. Behold, there come seven years of great plenty throughout all the land of Egypt, and there shall arise after them seven years of famine, and all the plenty shall be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine shall be the famine shall consume the land. All right? And uh, let Pharaoh, now for verse 33, now therefore let Pharaoh look out a man discreet and wise and set him over the land of Egypt. This is, this is what Joseph is telling Pharaoh. Hey, find somebody who maybe graduated from Harvard or somebody like that that's really good at all of this stuff. Joseph, listen, that wasn't his gift. His gift was not to manage money. His gift was not to manage food, livestock, and all that. That wasn't his gift. His gift was dreams. But his gift is about to make room for him. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land and take up the fifth part of the land of Egypt and the seven 
plenteous years and let them gather all the food of those good years that come and lay up corn under the hand of Pharaoh and let them keep the food in the cities. And that food shall be for store to the land against the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land perish not through the famine. So God is speaking to Joseph and giving Joseph the answer for everything. And he's telling Pharaoh that go, go find a man that is able to orchestrate all of this. You don't think in all the land of Egypt, when you and I go back and look at all the things the Egyptians built, the pyramids, the Sphinx, and all that they did, the running water they had, the plumbing, the electricity they had in there, that they didn't have a man that could oversee that project? You don't think that Pharaoh had a couple of dudes standing there that could oversee that project? How could they take somebody that was herding sheep out in the field been locked up for the past 20 years of their life and think that's the dude for the job. They're going to make you the marriage counselor. You've been divorced eight times. They're going to make you the one that's that over that rule that runs the bank and you got bad credit. <laughs> They're going to make you the overseer where you never oversaw anything in your life. The testimony of Joseph was, man, I've been in slavery <laughs> For the past 15 years, I think I'm the man for the job. <laughs> what? You've been a slave? <laughs> That's on your, on your resume was, I had a dream. I became a slave for the past 15 years. I think I can do this. <laughs> no, that's not how it works. It doesn't work like that in the kingdom of men. They're looking at your resume. I got to hire people. I just start moving resumes to the side. When I, when I, when I see certain things on the resume... Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I'm like, does this person even have the skill set? Have they done any jobs that maybe is kind of like the job that we do? And they put on there, been locked up for 20 years, cooking in prison. I'm like, well, let's move that one to the side. He probably got a lot of heart. <laughs> she got a lot of heart. Let's move that one to the side. I'm not I'm like, on your resume. Last 15 years locked up. <laughs> So you have no experience at this. I cooked a lot in prison, cut some hair. That's that's what you got, Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> Let's. This this is. We're about to have seven good years and seven bad years, and you're the dude for the job. Yes, sir. <laughs> now nah, we ain't doing that. That's how absurd this seems, and that's how absurd it would seem to you about your gift. That's how absurd it's going to seem to you uh, when God starts to move in your life. You say, Lord, that ain't going to work. I ain't got money. I ain't got a college degree. I have nothing. All I got is this gift that you have given me about dreams. I used my gift. I told Pharaoh exactly what you wanted me to say. And I'm going to head back to maybe jail or maybe he might just pardon me. And I'm going back to see my dad. I'm going back to my brothers, number one, <laughs> who sold me into slavery, but that doesn't happen. All of a sudden, something happens in Pharaoh that the people standing around that are waiting for, you know, to get that assignment to oversee this great project for the next 14 years are all standing there. You know, you got these cats that have built great monuments. Rule the whole land of Egypt. They're all standing there, you know, waiting for the assignment because they know they have already proven that they can do the assignment. But here you are locked up for the last 20 years. You got nothing on your resume, but 
a could have, would have, should have. And God promotes you. How does that happen? How does that happen? You know, we were talking this morning about faith. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It's the evidence of things not seen. For by it, the elders obtained a great report. Joseph is in the hall of faith because he had faith. He believed that God brought him to a place where all he had was his gift. That's all he had was his gift. That's all. Listen, he had nothing else. And sometimes we feel like we have nothing else. But our gift that has done nothing for us but destroy us. And that little gift is still speaking in your heart today. That little gift that God has put in you since you've met him is still speaking. And listen, it won't shut up. But the world is trying everything it can to shut that dream up in your life. Verse 37 says, and the thing was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. The people are like, yeah, that, that, that makes sense. And Pharaoh said unto his servants, can we find such a one as this, a man whom the spirit of God is? How can these Gentile people who don't even serve the most high God recognize the spirit of God that is in you? It doesn't make sense. But the spirit of God is the one that put that gift in you. I know you want to be like Mike. I know you want to be a great football player. I know you want to be like Beyonce, shaking it on stage, right. singing and doing all that. You know, we have our little dreams and stuff like that. But this gift that God has given you is beautiful. It is wonderful and meant to be shared, uh, that you share it with the rest of the world. And listen, and you don't want no money for it. Joseph didn't ask for no money. He asked for no money. It says here, and Pharaoh said unto Joseph, for as much as God has showed you all this, there is none so discreet and wise as you are. He spent 20 years in jail. And you come out and you're more educated than the people that have been to college. You're wiser than the people that have been in college. That's what Pharaoh is saying. In Pharaoh's mind, God is telling him, hey, this is your man right here. And everybody's standing around talking about the, 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 the ex-crackhead. Tyrone Biggums is the dude. This is, the, you know, the guy that was on the block and whatnot, but he went away for 20 years and he come out. But in those 20 years, he's been serving the Lord behind those walls. Studying the word of God. God has been transforming his mind. God has been transforming her mind. Listen, people don't know your resume. Your resume is created by God for the last 20 years. He's been teaching Joseph. Joseph started talking to his family about dreams. At the beginning, he didn't understand. He was just telling about dreams. Today, he is educated when it comes to dreams. He could break down the whole thing about dreams to everybody. Verse 40 said, you shall be ruler over my house. I cut into all thy word. So all my people be ruled. Only in the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I've set thee over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh took off his ring from his hand and put it upon Joseph's head and arrayed him in vestures and fine linen and put a gold chain about his neck. And he made him to ride in the second chariot, which he had. And they cried before him, bowed the knee. And he made him ruler over all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. Without thee shall no man lift up his hand or foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called Joseph's 
named Zephnapania, and he gave him to wife Asina, the daughter of uh, Potiphar, priest of On. And Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. Joseph, Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went through all the land of Egypt. God, the gift that he has placed in each and every one of us will make room for us. But also the second part, it will bring us before what? Great men, great women. Don't despise the gift that God has put in you. What is that gift? What is the gift? Who has God made you to be? He ain't made you to be. Uh, he ain't make you to be uh, a disobedient child. He didn't make you be a, a liar. He didn't make you to be a thief. He didn't make you to be an adulterer. He didn't make you to be none of that stuff. Joseph held true to God's commandments and his precepts and statutes, even in the worst condition. Listen, he could have slept with Potiphar's wife for a moment. But you know what? He chose not to. He had chose to even in his worst condition to do what God had called him to do. And then he ended up getting Pharaoh's daughter. I know that don't make sense to none of y'all. But sometimes, you know what? You're hoping just for a little bit of something. But if you hold true to the Lord and hold true to your gift, you end up getting things that'll blow your mind. He got Pharaoh's daughter. I know that don't make sense, man. He got the best of the best of the best. Of the best. He got the inheritance that she was going to get everything. Listen, he gave Joseph everything he had. He said, the only thing that you can't rule over is me, but I'm going to give you my daughter. I'm going to give you all the land of Egypt, and I'm going to give you everything. Nobody moves unless you say move. The only person that can move is me, but nobody else in, in the land can move unless you tell them they can move. How can we explain uh, that your gift will make room for you and bring you before great men without establishing uh, the testimony of Joseph. It's something for us to go home and meditate on and stop chasing all this other stuff out here when it's in you. It's in you. Stop running behind people out here and start looking at the Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Your gift is in you. Stop looking at me. Stop looking at somebody else. Television has you looking at other people. Go look in the mirror because God has gifted us. God has gifted us. Look in the mirror at that person in the mirror and say, God has gifted you. Yeah, listen, everything comes from God. Everything. Everything. I bet you little boys and girls, when Joseph was riding in the second chariot, said, man, I sure do wish I could be Joseph. Joseph wasn't even an Egyptian. Didn't even look like a Hebrew no more. He was in Egypt so long his brothers didn't even recognize him. They played together as kids. He was so makeuped up and transformed and I don't know what he had on, but you can walk in and look at your same brother or sister that you grew up with. But they are so transformed. <laughs> they look like Michael J. They went from black to white. 
They did a whole Michael Jackson thing like that. He had to take off the makeup and rinse his face and take off the nose and everything and say, it's me. And they were like, good Lord, this really is our brother. I thought you were white. Oh, I was just wearing Michael Jackson makeup. And I really got an afro. <laughs> this is me, who I am. That's how transformed living in that place that Joseph became. But when he told, he revealed himself to his brothers, it's just me, your brother. Just be who you are. Look more in the mirror than you do at television or books or on your phone. Look in the mirror because that man and woman that God created is beautifully and wonderfully made. You don't have to be like nobody. Be who God made you because he's put a unique gift in each and every one of us that will make room for stop running behind other people. Now, I'm not trying to tell you to be conceited, but I'm telling you what the scripture says. God is putting a gift in each and every one of us. And I'm telling you right now, I know they got these get rich schemes and you want to be a millionaire and all this and that and all these different job opportunities. Who are you? Who are you today? Who are you? And I don't care if you're 60. I don't care if you're 70. I don't care if you're 80. I don't care if you're 90. I don't care if you got one foot in the coffin. As long as there is breath in your life today, if you hear his voice hard and not your heart, all you got to do is go home and ask him, who have you created me to be? I'm not worried about nobody else. Who have you created me to be? There's nothing wrong with having great mentors. I'm not trying to tell you that. When you see somebody doing something positive and they're living life right, I'm not talking about little Bobby down on the corner selling drugs, riding by with Benzes. I'm not talking about him. I'm not talking about the girl selling her body out there on the street with her little fur coats on her eye. That, that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about a great man or a woman is living the life that God has called them to be. And your gift will make room for you. Do you hear what I'm saying today? That's to everybody. Who has God created you to be? And if you walk that out, and to bring you before great men. That's all I got today. Anybody else have any?